guys and welcome back to the ducks and dogs podcast my name is mike here once again with my co-host matt how you doing today matt deborah season baby off season starting with a bang in De- my opinion anyways the bower down um, to washington bower the de- boner i'm here for it bro the de- de- boner all right that's <laughs> that's his new name Deboner. Uh, I saw somebody tweet that Deboner versus Dickert's going to be the horniest rivalry game in all of college football. Jesus. You guys seemingly adding Dante Williams to the staff as well, right? Dude, there's so much going on right now because obviously Hayner, as of like 10 minutes ago, before we started recording, this is on Tuesday, by the way, Hayner announces that he's in the portal. Um, 24-7 Sports tweets that he's very likely returning to Washington. Um, you've had a lot of guys D or uh, is it decommit or transfer? I think both from USC. Uh, a right? couple, like one guy decommitted from USC. I heard that there was potentially three today that decommitted, oh. but I haven't seen them. All with ties to Dante Williams. Rumors milling about that Williams is headed to Washington with the assistant coaches pool that they have to work with which is estimated to be at about nine million right now i could totally see that happening just depends on what they're handing over for him um obviously dante williams spent time at washington so i mean kind of coming home for him if he does that a lot of interesting things happening i have my twitter feed alive and well on the left side of my screen here because everything's just going nuts as of right now so who knows? We might even get some news as the episode goes on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unexpectedly, Oregon may have some coaching turnover this offseason as well with uh, Joe Moorhead being the leading candidate to be the head coach at the University of Akron, which is a really positive sign for the University of Oregon. Your last three coordinator hires have all gotten head coaching jobs. You had Marcus Arroyo, who went to be the head coach of the University of Northern Las Vegas, or University of Nevada and Las Vegas Rebels. You had uh, the defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos, go be the head coach of the Boise State uh, Broncos. And now you could have Joe Moorhead going to become the head coach of Akron. Uh, Akron isn't one of the best jobs in the world, but if your coaches are getting promoted, I mean, that's a sign mm-hmm. of a positive program. It's good to see. And... I'm really excited for the Pac-12 because there's a lot of momentum in the conference. Lincoln Riley to USC on top of that Kalen DeBoer plus Dante Williams to Washington. Kalen DeBoer honestly would not have like moved my needle personally that that much. But when you add Dante Williams to it, that's a whole nother level. That's not confirmed yet, but you know, a lot of us have a very good, pretty good feeling that it's going to be Dante Williams over at Washington as well. Don't know what role Mm -hmm. he's going to be in. Um, we're not sure in the offensive coordinator, but I do think that we came up with an interesting idea in our group chat earlier with Mark Helfrich. Uh, yeah, I, play caller. I'd be okay with it, honestly. Um, it's kind of grown. Obviously, him as the head coach was very not appealing to me, but now that we have the head coach signed, I'd be okay with him bringing, getting brought in as OC. Today, actually, um, DeBoer was on a Softy Mahler show, um, and from what it sounds like, he's retaining some of his staff and most people think that it's his OC coming with him, which uh, I got to look this up real quick because I forget his name. Uh, That would be Ryan Grubb, uh, most likely coming with him to Washington. All signs are kind of pointing to that right now. So it looks like we'll be keeping that Fresno State system, um, moving it to the Pac-12, 
which should be interesting. I think with the talent that you are retaining at wide receiver that really wasn't able to be utilized this season, should be really fun. For once, Washington's going to be a very high-powered type of offense, which, I mean, granted, in 2016, we had a pretty high-powered offense, but that team was headlined by its defense. I think for once, you're going to see the offense being the highlight of that team. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. Who do you think becomes the defensive coordinator? Because I don't know if you're going to make it Dante Williams or if he's going to be a defensive analyst, then who's going to be the defensive coordinator? It's it's just a lot of uncertainty there. Or you could go outside of the program and go with other guys around the conference who are position coaches who are ready to get promoted. Because obviously what Washington's trying to do right now is stick within that West Coast footprint. Especially mm-hmm. when you're going and getting a Kalen DeBoer, bringing a lot of his staff and his players and looking at a Dante Williams has been primarily recruiting on the West Coast. Uh, do you want to make Dante Williams a defensive coordinator? Or do you want to go get a Keith Hayward? Do you want to go get somebody else throughout the conference? What, do, what are your thoughts? If I had to guess with the admins track record, they're keeping Bob Gregory and Dante Williams. Terrible is, idea. I, I agree. Um, but I think they keep Bob Gregory and they bring in Dante Williams as a co-defensive coordinator um, and kind of that analyst recruiting specializer role. I think if I'm them, I would bring Dante Williams in as a full-time defensive coordinator. Um, I think that would get some more momentum with the, with the recruit type of recruiter that he is. And I just think with the way the offense is going to function, obviously maybe a bit of an overreaction, like the off season isn't even technically here yet, but I think next season that offense is going to improve so much already just with the coaching changes. (laughs) I (laughs) seriously, like bringing in that quarterback competition would be awesome for that room with Heward being around. Also brings up questions if Heward's going to transfer if he does get brought in, but we could talk about that in a little bit. Heward to um, Eugene. Okay, yeah, relax. I think I mean, his family well, would disown him. Well, let's let's think about this, though. Where mm-hmm. If Heward transfers, where would yeah. he go? I mean, wasn't Oregon one of his schools he was considering? If it wasn't UW, we all knew it was UW off rip. Yeah. But you know if what? Let it me wasn't look. UW for some reason, wasn't Oregon one of those, like, you know, possibly maybe schools? Let me check his 24 7. Because, like you said, it was kind of a lock from the get go. I also don't want to hear anybody say fucking Spencer Rattler to Oregon. The fuck? <laughs> no. Don't want to see that at all. Spencer Rattler is not a culture fit to the University of Oregon whatsoever. Makes no sense at all. <laughs> Jake Hayner, I would have been like, hey, let's go get his ass. Uh, yeah. Spencer Rattler, no. Caleb Williams, I would go after. Spencer Rattler, mm-hmm. no. Spencer Rattler is a cancer to the locker room. The only other school that Heward visited was Tennessee on an unofficial in 2018. Hmm. That was it. Huh. Yeah. And I doubt he goes to Tennessee. Tennessee might even... They're still in the running for Arch, aren't they? I think so. As much as Um, I love Heward, if you have a chance for Arch, you don't take another quarterback. I'd agree. But I think Heward's high school resume and potential alone would land him another Power 5 school easily. I just don't know. I'd imagine it would be in the Pac-12. I don't know if Oregon would be that school. Um, From what it seemed like, looking at his recruiting page, like Arizona was on there. God, that'd be even a worse situation than UW. Is it Rattler going there, though? I mean, I've heard it's like... and Rattler on the same market, both looking at Pac-12 schools, would be really good for the conference on top of the coaching changes we've had. You could have Heward at maybe a Washington State to stay close to his family. Um, I don't know what, like, I don't know in terms of Washington what rivalry is looked at 
what way? Because for us, Oregon State is like, okay, they're not around. I want to see them win. Yeah, I don't think he'd go to Wazoo just with his family ties alone. I don't think he'd do it. I don't think he'd do that for that or Oregon, honestly. I think he'd probably be looking at one of those SoCal schools if he stays in the Pac-12, if he were to transfer, which I still... He's not going to go to USC because they're not going to take him. Oh, no. They're not. He's not going to go to USC, but maybe they like UCLA. Maybe uh, You're saying UCLA wouldn't take him? No, no, no. USC would not take him. Oh, not I mean, with ch- all the... Not a chance didn't, in hell. Didn't uh, Malachi... Malachi yes, yeah, he Jackson just flipped. There, and Keaton Slovis yeah. is there. Whatever you think of Keaton Slovis, I don't think he's that good. But if he's your quarterback yeah. three, you're not taking Sam fucking Heward. I mean, even then, even if he works his way up the depth chart, you still have to dig through three other people that are pretty highly regarded in one way or another so yeah and you but know, that again that is could jump in that transfer portal and end up at usc too oh gosh oklahoma in absolute shambles right now how about that um you know <laughs> i do want to note one thing for both usc and washington really mm-hmm. good hires but it's a lot harder to fix the trenches in the short term than it is to fix everything else yeah your run defense has been importantly bad your offensive line has performed way under what they were supposed to, and you're losing your best offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna that'll be the I, interesting thing that could hold you back. Your wide receivers will be improved, your quarterbacks will be improved. I think your DBs are push. always good. They're push. I don't think they were like insane this year because of the fact that people could just run all over you. They didn't really get tested. Well, that scheme you saw Bob Gregory's scheme. It was it didn't it's, play to. It's not I felt good. like it didn't play to it's their strengths. Not it's not good. It's soft honestly that's what the scheme is it's soft when they hired both coordinators that they were both the worst hires you could have made at those positions mm-hmm. everyone's like oh no bob gregory was good as a linebacker no the fuck he wasn't he was not a good developer he's never been a great coach. coach he's never been a great no. coach whatsoever and i was saying the ideal hires if you wanted to go the, that route if you wanted to go the safe you know quiet guy route offensive coordinator would have been a mark helfrich because uh, I, I, that isn't that who it was between it was like john Donner. see i that was the buzz on twitter at least that i saw i think on twitter i don't know i honestly haven't seen a lot and especially with the rumors that fresno state's oc is coming to washington oh, I with I met before before when lake was coming yeah before i mean before then i don't know i didn't see a whole lot there wasn't really a lot of rumors going on or about the oc it was <laughs> mostly just about, about defense anymore. and the dante williams <laughs> smoke that came about so i mean that's made bigger headlines and more hubbub on the timeline than any oc hire so dang so y'all tried to get dante williams and he wouldn't leave oregon as a positions coach to go be a dc there that's tough yeah i mean he was making like one and a quarter million as a dc here though yeah i think that he gets a pretty hefty paycheck with the space that they have in their assistant pool right now if he comes to washington you know i really like dante and i would have loved to add him back to our staff but I could see why we wouldn't even pursue him, though. Because we have a really good DBs coach. Uh, but I feel like you don't need to. Like, he doesn't don't. fill a role that you need. Yeah, we have a DBs coach who's arguably done better than Dante was doing. And you're not worried about recruiting. Like... We have probably one of the, in the words of Blair Angulo, and uh, I believe it was Steve Wilfong, we have one of the best recruiting coaches in the country, period. Yeah. Like, it, it, And I think Dante Williams for Washington would probably like i mean that would change everything for it washington you i go mean from recruiting in the 50s to recruiting in like the 20s probably off rip i i mean his first season here yeah and i mean maybe like maybe you're even pushing the top 15? 10 but oh. yeah seriously i said pushing 
Okay. I was going to say. I mean, he could still work his way up. Who knows with how this season goes with the board and bringing in all those big names, especially with the transfer portal, too. My only thought is for recruiting, you're recruiting against Mario Cristobal and Lincoln Riley now. For sure. But Dante Williams, with his connections in SoCal, which is already somewhere that Washington recruits pretty heavily, could definitely help pull some of those guys. He'll, He'll pull a couple DBs. Mm-hmm. But like Lincoln Riley, so there aren't many recruiters who are better than Dante Williams. There are two of them south of him, closer to Los Angeles. One of them's in Los yeah. Angeles. I think you'd see a lot more competition. I'd see. I think you'd see UW pulling in some of those guys that you're competing Oregon and USC For against. Sure. Not majority, you'd but you'd pull some of them. Two more than you are now. Exactly. I was going to say, at least you're pulling those guys with Dante Williams in the conversation now, which you wouldn't be doing in the first place. And I think with DeBoer anyways, he historically does pretty decently in the transfer portal. I don't think they're super worried about losing out on a lot of those guys that you'd be losing out on anyways without Dante Williams. Yeah, that's the thing. So, it's Teams are going to have to adapt to that anyways, because there's a lot of teams who absorb most of the talents in a lot of regions. Outside of the Southeast, there's not an abundance of talent everywhere. So it's mm-hmm. it's these major schools absorbing all the talent, but you still have teams finding a way. Like Ohio State and Michigan probably absorb a massive amount of the talent out in the Midwest, and you still have teams like Penn State, Michigan State, and other schools figuring it out, getting talent. I mean, hell, Nebraska recruits well in that area, Nebra- and it's Nebraska. Nebraska, <laughs> yeah, I love I love how well they recruit. That we can offer a guy like two weeks before signing day and fucking just yeah. take him because we Dude. want him. <laughs> It amazes me, side note, because I obviously like go to school in South Dakota and there's a lot of Cornhusker fans out here. Holy cow, I don't know how they land some of these recruits. They they land so guys from boring. out west sometimes. It's unreal. I would never like how do you go on a visit there and be like, Yeah, I want to go here? See, I've been there and it's I've fun, but I don't it I don't think it would be a pull like if I had an offer from like Pac twelve schools, I would not go to Nebraska over most of the Pac-12 schools. I can't think of a school I would choose Nebraska over. Arizona. I'd rather live in Arizona. See, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a Heat guy. I don't know if I could really do Arizona. But, but you that's would just go to me. Los Angeles. Well, Arizona's hotter. <laughs> I mean, well, it's L.A. too. They're like what a hundred miles away. Yeah. The fuck does it matter at that point? Okay. I mean, still, it's still LA <laughs> over what? Tucson? That's where U of A is? Uh, shoot. I think. I think so. Something like that. But I, I don't know. I can't personally think of a school in the Pac 12. Yeah, it's in Tucson. Nebraska over. But that's because I've been to Nebraska a multitude of times and the area around it Papillion, Lincoln, Omaha. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I've gotten used to it since I've been out here for a while going to school. I would. So. I would like jump off a building. <laughs> Genuinely, I would well, I, jump off a building. I haven't done it in South Dakota, so I think I'd farewell going to Nebraska. Yeah, but you know, anyways, <laughs> tying this all back around, uh, I really want to touch on this: the Pac-12 yeah. in general, as a whole, mm-hmm. the momentum that has been gained, especially with the TV contracts coming up in a Two. year, maybe. I think less than a year. Is it after if the not season? Just a year. Yeah. It's after this season? So, I mean, adding Lincoln Riley, you have Mario Cristobal, you've got Kaitlyn DeBoer with Dante Williams. Dante Williams makes that more of a, a marketable brand than Kaitlyn DeBoer does. So you, you add that, then you have Chip Kelly at UCLA, 
that's a big name. Whether people think he's doing well or not, that's a big name you could sell. Herm Edwards at Arizona State, that's a big name you could sell. Uh, David Shaw, somehow making nine and a half million, robbing Stanford, fucking blind. <laughs> that is a, but that's a, a robbery. That is like heist. But a big name like, you could sell nonetheless. Yeah, To go true. along with potentially Spencer, Spencer Rattler being in the conference, to go along with Malachi Nelson or Jackson Dart being in the conference, Jake Hayner being in the conference, Ty Thompson being in the conference. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was just in the conference, but you'll still have Noah Sewell next year, maybe Devin Lloyd. Uh, I don't know. ZTF will probably returns because I don't think his draft stock looks too great right now. No. Uh, um, so you, you'll yeah. have the star power in coaches and players. And you have the brands of USC and Oregon back up. USC just needed to hire somebody and their brand looks good again. Yeah. I mean, if Washington makes the right assistant hires, Washington's on, they're, they're going to be something to watch. Holy cow. Hiring that, uh, that Oregon marketing person was really good too. What's her, I can't remember her name. I, yeah, but it she's was good. Done, she's done really good for you guys and your social media team has improved drastically. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. I agree. In just a couple months. She's been there. She's done wonderful work. Arizona mm-hmm. State's doing better. Oregon State's social media team has gotten a lot better since announcing Devin Williams to Oregon State. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be really interesting. I think the TV deal is going to be very friendly, and I really hope they go out on a limb and try and get with like a, a Amazon or a Prime Video, a YouTube TV, a Twitch, mm-hmm. some, something. I feel there. like, and here's my thing with that. I say why not, because I feel like to the rest of the country, the West Coast is very out there different in the first place. Why not embrace that and go make a deal that like is completely different than what everybody else is doing? Yeah, and you could do stuff like you know how the NFL does some Nickelodeon games. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest, little kids watching college football they either like who uh, Texas, Oregon, Al- people with Alabama, cool, people, yeah, Alabama, people with cool colors or who always win. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's the two. It's cool colors who always win, and every little league team is either the fucking Ducks or the Michigan helmet. So, like, play on that. Take advantage (laughs) of that younger audience. Bring that younger audience into the Pac-12. Go put those. You may hate it. You may think we're above that. Go put those fucking games on Nickelodeon. Go put those fucking (laughs) games on Disney. I don't care what the fuck you got to put it. Get people watching Pac-12 football whatever way you can. And I don't know, dude. Maybe I'm just... You develop Maybe I'm just too out there. But, like, I think it's fun with people do that when like companies do that they go out there and do something different like that, why that, not uh, at eli, this point what have you got to cast, lose the eli oh cast. god that's that. so good dude it's awesome the pac-12 network it's imagine, honestly the only nfl football i watch right now <laughs> pac-12 network imagine having uh brock heward and dan fouts oh man talking that about would oregon, be sweet. Rival- oregon washington rivalry game that would be or awesome matt liner and uh he's still playing but like just for fuck's sake marcus mariota when they're when they're doing that uh well <laughs> marcus probably fucking wouldn't talk so maybe joey harrington or yeah. vernon that vernon i feel like vernon adams would be tv gold honestly i love vernon adams bro. nick cody and jordan Ruffett. i would love to get them on here but jordan lube man dude they i i feel like it'd be a bloodbath but i would love to spectate that lube man would not come on here <laughs> no we know this lube man is not coming yeah. on um but like we were saying though there's did you did you find out when that was by the way the tv deal it from what i'm reading it's through 2023 24 that couldn't be negotiated a little earlier too i yeah but even then that's still not super far off and i was 
I was going to say, too, like, I feel like with the gripes people have with the Pac-12 network anyways, I don't see what's wrong with trying something new and different. It's not the gripes with the network. It's that they've taken the network's resources away. The network was much better before. They they cut Mm -hmm. half of their staff. Thankfully, they got Yogi Roth back. They lost Yogi Roth for a little while. And and it's just keeping talent like that. You know, like, the Pac-12 network doesn't have its Paul Feinbaugh. It doesn't have... It's I don't know who the hell's on the Longhorn Network. I don't watch it because the Longhorns yeah, suck. <laughs> but if they were good, I'm sure I'd know one of them guys. Mm-hmm. But for the whole Pac-12, I cannot name one announcer outside of basketball, which is Bill Walton, because he's mm-hmm. Bill Walton. It's Bill Walton, yeah. And he eats <laughs> of course. cupcakes with lit candles. Like <laughs> we, we love Bill Walton. Also, basketball, don't want to talk about it. We're just gonna gloss right over the We that. will yeah, we will leave that to the the, the no people who have pie. good teams. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll leave that to no truck stops. We'll basically leave it to um, Carlos, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I just yeah. wanted to mention I do have faith that Dana Altman will turn it around by the end of the year because he deserves that benefit of the doubt. I think after everything, it's November. I mean, anything could still like, happen, and it's and it's Dana Altman. Like Oregon started out as like the bottom tier Pac-12 team and finished like fucking blowing everybody out in the conference tournament somehow like yeah i don't know how it's gonna happen but you know what i'll bet it does dana altman they, aligns rubik's cubes they gotta they gotta figure out their scoring though that's for damn sure if they want to yeah. turn it around i don't know how much ducks basketball you've been watching I've but they, i've seen a couple games yeah they need um, to figure it out man yeah well richardson's not playing inspired it doesn't seem like but yeah It'll be interesting. Anyways, Pac-12 basketball yeah. is really good, though. It's it's some entertaining oh, yeah. games. It's been fun. Pac-12 football should be getting better. Um, I'm sorry to say, Oregon has done well with ratings. Washington, as good as they've been, still haven't fucking helped the conference. So having USC back relevant helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely Washington, helps with the media side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the conference can be that third team, and it's like okay, yes, they're getting 1.2 million views on every game. 2 million views every game. Cool. That's fine. That's fine when you're the third team. But when you were the second team, it kind of fucking hurt a lot. Yeah. It hurts media presence for sure. I mean, they're around, they were about where UCLA was, maybe even a little less this year. I know, I think there were four this year behind UCLA. They're second. Although I guess USC sucks major wee wee this year. Utah was third or was it USC? I still feel like it was USC. Maybe it was UCLA. I I mean, anyways, like. But, you know, whoever played Oregon had a ratings bump above Yeah, so, for I sure. Because those games were on national TV. I mean, obviously they're going to have higher ratings. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting, though. This is really positive spin for the conference. Washington made a really good hire. They're making for some sure. moves when it comes to players in the transfer portal. I think it's too late for guys like Josh Connerly. But for 2023, maybe you'll be able to keep some of that Washington talent at home. I mean, and who knows? He's talked about right away making connections with the local high schools, which is something that Jimmy Lake was not very open about doing. I think it's good to keep those connections, and he recognizes that Washington needs to keep its local connections because you have guys like Josh Connerly. You guys, you have guys like JT coming not, out of the state. There's not you need a to lot keep of them. linemen on either side of the ball coming out of the West Coast, and letting a five-star just leave your state is bad. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, yeah. very, 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 very bad. For sure. And I can appreciate that he's trying to mend those relationships and get it back. Because realistically, if Washington wants to get back on top, they cannot afford to let their top guys leave the state, which is something that has been happening with the like for the past couple seasons. 
I we've been you know I've been trying to tell y'all on Twitter recruiting was bad and it was just gonna get worse, and mm-hmm. now I hope the fans. I know obviously the admin will. I believe. I hope the fans realize the Boer is not gonna do great his first year because of how Jimmy Lake recruited the past two years. It, now it'll be better than this year, I believe. I still the, the thing is they still have enough talent on that roster to be competitive and honestly be pretty good next season. I Dang think where no. you're going to see a dip is that second year and that's where you're going to really have to rely on the transfer portal and hope that your guys that you sign with the board now can make an immediate impact. Well, I think that second year you'll have time to get that transfer portal, but like I don't think you'll be able to fix your defensive line and offensive line by next year. No, I think his scheme plays better for the offensive line. I think the offensive line is going to play a lot better next year, yeah, regardless. It'll be middle of the pack instead of bottom of the pack. <laughs> they'll be. I think they'll be upper. They're athletic s- enough. I think you'll win seven games next year, as of right now. If you make a crazy c- good hire elsewhere, seven games seems fair. You know what? I would. I know that we want to be in that upper echelon. I think as a first year new head coach, I would be okay with seven or eight wins. I, could see I mean, eight. yeah, I could see eight. I could see eight. Would be my guess. Yes, you're not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally, I could be wrong. This could be, you know, old takes exposed. You're not winning the North next year, but you could I'll take a step towards that. I think so. I think they will be competitive next year and like a good competitive, not like a bad competitive like they were this year, because <laughs> they were in a lot of close games, Montana. but it was ugly <laughs> yeah exactly competitive with montana competitive with cal competitive with stanford <sighs> great question if you play a michigan type team again you're gonna get slapped again which to be fair michigan's in the top four so it's not like that's a big detriment losing to them by kent state portland state michigan state you can go one or one and two or two and one in that I think we go Kent two State's, and one and hang. Ar- I think we go two and one and hang around with Michigan State, and I think Kent State is actually a sleeper game. Kent State is good this year. I also wouldn't. Well, I don't know. I haven't followed them at the past year or so with COVID and everything, but I know Portland State was really good mm-hmm. for their team. They. I don't think they made the FCS playoffs, but the Big Sky is really competitive. So, so they can whatever. give you. They they can make it closer than this than you would want it to be. It'd probably be they're like no Montana, but you still got to show up to that game. game. You can probably beat them by seventeen. <laughs> But you're not going to beat I them mean, by 30 type thing. I think I think uh, Kent State will be a good early test is that for one? DeBoer. Yeah. They're in their conference title game. Huh? They're in their conference title game, aren't they? They are. The MAC has been super competitive this year. It's them in Northern Illinois, who is always good, huh. I feel like. Yeah. So that'll game be to watch for test. next season. If you, could, if you yeah. can go 2-1 and one in that out of conference, that would be really positive. I don't think anybody expects you to beat Michigan State. And I don't think you'd hold it against you guys for losing to Michigan State uh, either. No. Um, they just locked in Mel Tucker, too, and he did a lot with a Michigan State team that was not supposed to do much this year. Anyways, He did well so. with Colorado, too. For sure. I don't know. I think I, going... His record was a little misleading for those of you who don't fully follow the Pac-12. He was what Jonathan Smith was at Oregon State last year. They sucked, but like we were like, okay, it's kind of worrisome. They could be good here soon. Mm-hmm. And he left, and Colorado's back to... <laughs> Fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. I think, I obviously think you want to win. And Michigan State's at home too. You're not going to Michigan State. You have to be competitive in that game, I think, if you want to make any noise next year. At the, you cannot, if you lose that game, obviously you go into that game winning. You want to win that game. You cannot lose by more than, honestly, 17? like double digits. You think 10? I would, I I would say a 14 point loss. 
Michigan State kind of plays close anyways, I feel like, though. Like, they're kind of one of those teams that gets down play, and dirty. They play good teams close. I mean, they did get boat raced by Ohio State, so I don't know. I but mean, how the fuck do you think you'd fare against Ohio State? It wouldn't go as good as it did for them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. it, would, it would be even worse. Like, Okay, but did anybody expect the ass-kicking that they got? No, I don't think so. I did not. I actually expected them to beat Ohio State. Because I thought I expect- Ohio State's biggest weakness, especially against Oregon and against Minnesota and against Nebraska, was stopping the run, especially in outside runs. And Michigan State had a really good yeah. running back, and their offensive line had been really good in run protection. So I was like, okay, this is literally a a nightmare matchup for Ohio State. And they're like, yeah, nope, we're going to learn how to play football today. <laughs> and then forget yeah. two weeks later. Yeah, I was going to say, and then they just didn't show up in the big house. Hey, just like another team that that I root for. <laughs> Doesn't show up in the big house? Yeah, oh, crazy. <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts, before we get out of here, on a potential yeah. Oregon-Ohio State rematch? God, that'd be so fun, dude. That'd that would be, be so much ideal fun. Rose Bowl as a college football fan, right? I, I'd agree. I think so. Who wants to watch Utah-Iowa? Here's my thing, though. Does, does the Rose Bowl, if the Big Ten champion gets into the playoff, does it go to the next highest ranked, or yes, does it go it to the second the, in the conference? It goes to the next highest ranked. That's how the Rose Bowl oh. goes for everybody. Okay, because I didn't know exactly that, the criteria for that. Because I was going to say, everybody's saying Ohio State. Wouldn't it be Iowa? But Ohio State's going to finish ranked cons- higher than Iowa. That was the concern of Utah fans. If Oregon won both games and made the playoffs, they probably mm-hmm. don't get in because they have too many losses, and Arizona State or UCLA snuck in the rankings for the last yeah. week and would have snubbed them for the Rose Bowl. Also... Mm-hmm. I, you know, back the pack, and I, I love seeing these Pac-12 teams competitive. Nobody fucking wants to watch Utah versus Iowa in a Rose Bowl. Nobody. No. Nobody at all. That will, I guarantee that would be the lowest rated Rose Bowl game ever. Probably. Are but you, all those, here's, asking, here's, hey, here's my thing that, though. Matt? Yeah. If there's I other, am. there's other New Year's Six games on during that, and you're watching Utah, Iowa. Here's here's my thing. I'm I'm in Big Ten country, so like I kind of I would watch because that game would be disgusting, and that's exactly why I would watch it because it is disgusting. That would be some fucking. Uh, what's the no truck stops pod thing? It's the bad vibes game of the week or Sicko's, yeah Sicko's something. Game. That's what it is. Sickos <laughs> Sicko's committee. I don't know if that's a truck stop podcast they thing, have but it's definitely called, a, they have a Sicko's game yeah. of the week every week. Yes, I was going to say, that's a Sickos Committee game game of the the year right there. Yes, that is a horrible (laughs) game that nobody wants to watch, and somehow Dude, I I want to see the Alamo Bowl would be fucking hilarious. (laughs) I cannot tell you how excited I would be to watch a 17-14 mud match between Iowa and Utah, but I would be in the minority, 100%. I would be miserable if I was forced to watch that game. I See, enjoy I just watching Neffy Sewell play because you know, yeah, he's basically. I just love gross team. football. Like, I just love gross football. How do you think I'm able to wa- to follow Washington? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> well, actually, I said real quick and then we ended. But what are your what are your thoughts? Oregon, Utah, who wins? I got Utah. You got Utah. Big I got Utah in a close time? game. I was about to say. Yeah, I got Utah in a close game. I think Oregon's going to be pissed off. They're going to show up to play. I think Utah's kind of got their number though. So. I think so. Really, it depends. Which fucking Anthony Brown are we gonna see? 
Yeah. The one who threw on the run 50 yard fucking dime into the end zone. Where mm-hmm. the fuck did that come from? Here's the thing. If Utah shows up with the same defensive scheme that they did. Yeah, I did see that. Where the fuck um, did that come from? If they show up in the same scheme that they had and Anthony Brown is on, Utah loses because they are trying to bait Anthony Brown into making those throws. But if he shows up to play, they are screwed. If he he plays like he did against Oregon State against Utah. Now, if he doesn't play like that, it's a close game. Before anyone takes this out of context. If he plays (laughs) like he did against Oregon State, we win by 20-plus. Oh, 20 plus. Do you, you think see so? How much space they gave the wide receivers? If the wide receivers went for sure, yards, but you're assuming they don't make adjustments. You're assuming they don't make adjustments. Make adjustments all you want. Then we give it all, give it to Byron Cardwell and, and Travis die. Mm. When you're not, stacking I think they're decent. Like that, they're decently. A, yeah. I still feel like they're decently equipped to handle that, but I, I think either way, it's a close game. I think personally, it hundred percent for me fringes on how Anthony Brown plays. Hmm. Anthony Brown plays. Well, I could, I, I wouldn't pick it, but I could see Oregon winning by any number you could imagine. Yep. Because, you know, it's obviously momentum, and I could see, you know, Anthony Brown starts playing well, the defense gets hyped, the defense makes a play. The special teams learns how to play football maybe one day. I don't know, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> maybe those. Maybe it's, hey, if you're going to show up any week, this weekend's the time to do it. Special right? teams, man. <laughs> that game against Utah probably would have been a close game if it wasn't for special teams. Closer. So, okay. So they would have been up 14 0 at half. We scored the touchdown coming out of half 7 14. Mm -hmm. That's a completely different momentum. That's a completely different different confidence level for the team. The team, the players are going to play completely different than being down 21 0 and then 28 7. I suppose, but seeing how Utah even came out of halftime. Yeah. The part, the part return deflated any confidence the team had left. For sure. Especially, I I hate this because I always drag on him and everyone hates it. But Anthony Brown, his confidence <laughs> was dead. He played yeah. not great. Mm-hmm. This week against Oregon State, though, that man fucking went like 82% completion, a million yards, and went crazy. Touchdown. He balled the fuck out. DTR is still player of the week, though. Yeah, you're on crack for that. <laughs> You know I did that just to spite you because I knew he was going to win anyways. Uh, he didn't win. Oh, that's right. It was uh, Wazoo. Marsh. Yes. Over at Wazoo. Uh, he yeah. had, what, two picks? Two half, picks. Half tackle for loss, five solo tackles, yeah. and a touchdown. One of the picks was pick six. Yep. Against... Uh... Against good old U-Dub. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't, I really don't want to talk about that game. So... I literally, like, it was so rough, dude. It's just gonna, hard to watch. I'm going to give my score prediction for the Utah-Oregon game, and I'm going to go 38-27 Oregon. Wow. Okay. I think that's fair. That's, that's still, not crazy. They, probably a case where they'd pull it out at the end, right? Uh, yeah, I think it would like, be like a... Kind of run away with it at the end. My thought would be at the end, it's like they're trying to milk the clock, and then Byron Cardwell breaks free. Yeah, I, I could see something on a, like on that. A run out the clock, small lead, and then it's like, oh, there goes Byron Cardwell mm-hmm. for seventy-two yards or some shit like that. Yeah, I'm taking Utah thirty-one twenty-eight. I feel bad for whoever we see in the bowl game if we do lose. Oh yeah, because because what you because at that point you play in what the Alamo Bowl, Holiday Bowl. Yeah, and Justin Flo will be back, and Bennett Williams will be back, and. Sean Dollar and you you play and, a team that you outclass by 
eight well, eons. Well, unless Iowa, <laughs> unless Iowa wins, and then it's Ohio. That State. would be it. That would be. Oh gosh. It would be Ohio <laughs> State in the Alamo Bowl. Can you imagine an Alamo Bowl oh, in Ohio State? That. That's a sickos committee bowl schedule right there. That's, That's the right. whole day of bowl schedule. If Oregon and Ohio State are in the Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl is going to get better ratings than the Rose Bowl. Ugh, <laughs> that's disgusting. Sorry you, while I vomit. Can you imagine the Alamo getting better ratings than the Rose? Oh, my God. It because then the Rose Bowl at that point would be what? Michigan and Utah? It would be Iowa and Utah. Oh, yeah, I guess because then... Oh yeah, because they have this. Uh, Iowa and Michigan would have the same amount of losses, and then well, they'd be the Big Iowa, Ten champ. Yeah, Iowa would be the Big Ten champ. It's yeah, not the same okay. Big Ten champ goes to the Rose. You're right. I keep thinking that they'd still get a playoff team in. They'd all have two losses. Sounds like a Pac-12 type of thing that they'd be pulling there with that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we could end up playing Michigan. We could end up playing Ohio State. We could end up playing Iowa. Our the bowl Alamo is... Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the Valero Alamo Bowl. That's disgusting, and I'm here for it. I I would pay so much money to Could go you? to an Alamo Bowl like that. I mean, bro, that would be so much better than going to that Rose Bowl. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I get to go watch a bunch of guys who probably I played against in high school, or I get to go watch a bunch of future NFL players in the <laughs> Alamo Bowl. Like, okay. I'm gonna go We're to the Alamo Bowl. I'm sorry. We're here for the the Oregon Ohio State Alamo Bowl. I want the Oregon. I want an Oregon Michigan Rose Bowl. If that's somehow at all, that would possible. be fun. That game would be fun. That would be really. That'd be fun. so sick. And also talk about ratings. I mean, not that Ohio State would be any different, but like Oregon and Michigan. Hello, probably two of the biggest college football fan bases out there. You think Oregon's up there? Pretty, they've got to be. They've got to be like top, coast. top fifteen. Yeah, Although I, I feel like all the really SEC schools the have a huge following. Yeah, my the problem is competing against all the SEC schools because people like eat, sleep, and time breathe zone that is what shit. Kills us. Yeah, because you have a lot of fans I, out east who are not staying up to watch that shit. I would say okay. I could confidently say top twenty five hundred percent. I think top twenty two. You could say pretty. I think top I, once you get is a guarantee. I don't know about guarantee. I think you're probably at that like 14, 15 range. I don't know. I think we're closer to 10. You think so? Maybe See, because, I just have a. I mean, if you go, do you remember that New York Times research article they did? Which there's through, been a lot of them. It was like worth it, like the most searched college football team in each area. Oh, in, no. Each like voting area. And mm-hmm. if you went through New York, like half of them were Oregon in the top three. Really? Like New York City, Oregon was number one. Huh. What year was this, by the way? It was done in 2016 when we sucked. Huh. Interesting. I was going to say, because if that's like... If it was 2014, early, that'd be unfair. Yeah, I was going to say that that time it was matters for context there. It was 2016. Interesting. Okay. By the New York Times. I'd like to see somebody do that again. That'd be interesting to look to at. I see that. I feel like a lot of it is the kids, you know, growing up playing for the Ducks, literally. And that's that's what I'm saying. Even out here in South Dakota, I got teammates who grew up in like the middle of nowhere. Who played for the Ducks? Like one of our, yeah. He (laughs) literally wears his duck stuff like to class almost every day, and he has not lived outside of South Dakota his entire life. There are Ducks fans ever. There's a Ducks fan at the end of my street. (laughs) There's I work with a Ducks fan at public supermarkets Mm -hmm. in Lakeland, Florida. (laughs) 
Like, they're, Ducks fans are fucking everywhere because, you know, they were scoring a million points. People who didn't like football liked watching them score a million points. Yeah. And they became fans of football because of Oregon. For sure. And we just got cool merch. So people just like, yeah, that looks cool. It helps. When are those jerseys dropping, by the way? Drop the fucking jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's been like two months and people are still griping about it. <laughs> because, like, when is the last time they dropped a sick jersey? I don't know, dude. They just, I don't know, it's been a while. They just cock tease us the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think it's funny. I see it on my timeline at least once a day. Have you seen the shoes for this week? The the foams, bro. Those are pretty nice. <laughs> I can't like, lie. Can you can you imagine what the uniform's going to be if the foams? Because we don't break out crazy cleats like that. I don't know. Like, are they gonna? They have to be coming up with something original, like or at a least galaxy. like. Oh god! Well, the bottom of the shoes—that could be a thing. I don't know, dude. I mean, you got to think you trust that equipment department to come up with something cool. I was looking at something, and there was a helmet that got leaked a while ago that we don't know when it's going to be used, but it was a green and yellow speckle on a black helmet. Oh, it might be it, bro. (laughs) It might be it. Tell me how it might be it. That would be. Well, you see, because Utah's wearing white too, so you guys can do whatever you want. Utah's wearing white. Yeah. In a. I think they're like black, white, black. Only Oregon can wear not their team colors in big games. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I wish we would wear ice whites more, but the fans hate them because we lost them that one time. Wrestling, whatever. They look good, though. I like ice whites, though. That's my thing. I love so. the ice whites when we had a little sparkly helmet. Sick. The Vernon Adams Alamo Bowl that we choked. Yes. Them yes. were sick. They yeah. Were clean. But Those were nice. We've Shout got out 40 TCU. minutes with a lot of bullshit the past 10 minutes <laughs> so we're gonna thank you guys for watching this episode of the ducks and dogs podcast and until next time my name is mike with my co-host matt signing out the border season <laughs>